This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Bigger Picture on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Front Row under the MCO. I'm Judith Jacobs with T. Xiao Eek. So as some of you may already know, we are shaking things up here at BFM during the movement control order. So don't worry, we're going to continue doing what we do best, which is keeping you informed and up to date with hot button topics. And of course, all the music that you love. And there's also going to be a few new segments to keep you company while you're at home. So here on Front Row, we are scouring the web and letting you in on a whole bunch of interesting offerings available on various platforms that you can consume right from homes and so that you can get your daily dose of culture and entertainment. So, of course, amidst the ongoing global lockdowns to contain uh, COVID-19, many theatre companies have been putting out full-length plays online for free. Mm. And one of them is the Shakespeare's Globe Theatre, the iconic London-based theatre, which actually resembles a majestic Elizabethan-style playhouse, Mm. is releasing an English-language Shakespeare play every fortnight right up till the 28th of June. Wow. And the lineup includes Romeo and Juliet, A Midsummer Night's Dream and many more. But to kick things off, we have Hamlet, which was released on Shakespeare Globe's Shakespeare's Globe YouTube channel last week and is set to expire on the 19th of April. Yeah, so Hamlet or the tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, is of course William Shakespeare's tragic tale, which was written sometime between 1599 and 1601. It's also Shakespeare's longest play to date, with, uh, here's a little bit of facts for you, 30,557 words. Okay. <laughs> I did not and, know that. Um, and for those of you who do not know what Hamlet is about, we're going to give you a quick summary, just you know, just a warning, some spoilers uh, coming up. So, of <laughs> course, after being ruthlessly murdered by his brother, the ghost of the king of Denmark tells his son Hamlet to avenge his death by killing the new king. And this new king, of course, is Hamlet's uncle Claudius. And King Claudius is a pretty terrible guy, mm. uh, you know, considering all things. You know, he not only murdered his own brother, he then went on to marry his widowed wife. Uh, mm. Quite the quite the guy there. Yes. And what follows, of course, is a lot of scheming and plotting. There's a lot of madness and mayhem, um, a lot of anger as well and suffering. There's so many different things happening um, and the tension and drama escalate, culminating in a duel that ends pretty disastrously for everyone right. involved. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, amidst all of that, of course, there is that sprawling romantic arc between Hamlet and Ophelia, which, you know, is filled with passion, but really sadly shrouded in darkness. A lot of darkness, lots of tragedy then. Well, it is a magnificent story. One that will make you cry and bite your nails in nervous anticipation (laughs) as you savour the depth of all the characters and every delicious line of dialogue. Yes. So, I mean, I first encountered Hamlet when I uh, did it for literature, actually, back Mm. during my A-levels. And I was, I never really uh, knew much about it until then. And wow, you know, it's got everything, like, like we mentioned earlier, you know, it's got love, betrayal, deaths, even got a bit of the macabre with the ghost of King Hamlet, mm-hmm. you know, coming, uh, you know, starting the whole, setting the whole scene off. Mm-hmm. Really, really exciting. And um, for me, I always related to Hamlet because he's always known as that great procrastinator, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, In that sense. Well, yes. well, you know, instead of, you know, doing the deed that his departed dad asked him to, you know, mm-hmm. to kill his uncle, he's, you know, spends his time 
you know, giving soliloquies around about why, <laughs> you know, to be or not to be, you know, you know, hating on himself instead of doing it. Um, yeah, so many things to love there, you know, so many different plot twists and, you know, just so much. I, uh, I've i never uh, read the full text, I must admit. I've only um, sort of uh, read bits and pieces and, of course, the, uh, what do you call them, the summarised versions. Mm-hmm. Is it an easy um, read? It is, actually, because... Um, like I said, you know, it really sucks you into the story because there's just so much happening, right? Mm-hmm. So much uh, drama and tension. And um, of course, there's Hamlet going, pretending to go crazy. And, you know, so you don't quite know what's happening. And really, really um, very easy to digest. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, a wonderful read, a wonderful easy read, actually. Mm. And I think, you know, I, we mentioned the spoiler earlier, you know, when Hamlet, um, everyone pretty much ends their lives well, in the <laughs> show, but, you know, in the, in the story. But before it ends, Hamlet actually tells his best friend Horatio that, you know, even though he's dying, he told him, you can't commit suicide because, you know, someone needs to stay alive to tell the story. Well, <laughs> that's a good reason. I always love that so mm. much. Um, but, um, and if you're thinking, you know, is it just me or does this story sound super? super familiar, you are not imagining anything. Because Hamlet, of course, has inspired and influenced countless books and mm. films, you know, TV series and even songs. Yeah, so for example, the 1960 Japanese movie, The Bad Sleep Well, directed by the legendary Akira Kurosawa, was heavily inspired by Hamlet. And, you know, films such as The Truman Show and Indian cinemas, Bahubali, also borrow elements from Shakespeare's epic tragedy. You know, even Disney's The Lion King has its roots firmly planted in Hamlet. That's right. Think about it. Scar kills his brother Mufasa and takes his place as king. Mufasa's son Simba has to avenge his father's death, who at one point makes an appearance as a spirit in the sky. And, uh, you know, in the live-action version of Lion King, actually, Scar uh, tries to take Mufasa's widowed wife Sarabi as his own. Yes, and as far as songs go, there are plenty that come to mind as well. Um, there's, you know, Elton John's The King Must Die. There's also Bob Dylan's Desolation Row. Mm. Uh, and, but here's a snippet of a personal favourite of ours, Here's Abney Park with Dear Ophelia. So that was a snippet from the Hamlet-inspired song Dear Ophelia by Abney Park. It's um, appropriately dark, as <laughs> you would so. imagine it to be. I think so. Um, and despite being written more than 400 years ago, Hamlet is still as relevant now just as it was way back then. Um, and Shakespeare's Globe rendition, uh, Shakespeare's Globe's rendition of the play is a great way to get acquainted or reacquainted with the material. So while there are certain aspects of the play that are a little hit or miss, uh, for example, at one point Hamlet appears in a clown costume to mm. signify his descent into madness. Mm. I, I guess that might rub fans, some fans at least, the wrong way. Um, but, you know, overall, the play as a whole is acted really, really well. I mean, we have to remember that it was written in a certain time. Um, there are certain elements of it that may not sit well with a modern audience, mm-hmm. uh, but the, that's that's how you read. You, you just have to change your perspective as you read uh, these texts, right? Definitely. Or, or watch these plays. Um, what's also interesting is how diverse and fluid 
the cast uh, of this production is. So the play's lead character, Hamlet, is performed by a woman, Michelle Terry. Um, she also happens to be the manager of Shakespeare's Globe. While Ophelia is not only embodied by a guy, but a person of colour, um, uh, Shubham Saraf. There's also a deaf actor, Nadia Nadaraja, who plays Celia. So she uses sign language as a means of communication between her and her fellow actors on stage. I think that's wonderfully inclusive. Yeah, and I think, you know, like you said, you know, it was written at a different time. So to, uh, of course, it was very, I suppose everyone was a certain uh, a certain way, isn't it? There was mm-hmm. no call for diversity back yes, then as yes. such, right? So it this it reflects the society of its time. Exactly. So, you know, this this one, of course, will reflect the society of our time as mm-hmm. well, you yes. know, and it's uh, very, very uh, all-encompassing. Yeah. And uh, Shakespeare's Globe, uh, I was very fortunate to catch a production when they went to Singapore last year. Wow. Uh, was it the 12th night, I think? Uh, one of the comedies. Uh-huh. They were brilliant. And yes, they do have a lot of the wo- uh, woman playing the, the male um, roles and how um uh how adaptable they are and how convincing they are um and Shakespeare has never been my favourite uh, type of literature to get mm-hmm. into, but watching them perform it is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I would highly recommend also, you know, if you want to get into Hamlet, um, watch, it's not a play, but this was the movie with uh, Laurence Olivier from, back from 1948. Mm-hmm. That will really, really get you into oh, it right. as well. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so again, you know, it's not often that you get to watch um, fully-fledged professional productions of Hamlet without spending maybe a few hundred ringgit. Definitely, I can vouch for that. Yeah. Right? Having travel to Singapore for one. <laughs> I mean, here in, on Malaysian shores, we are a bit less fortunate, I think, yeah. in the kinds of productions that we get. And certainly now with the pandemic, um, I think it will be a distant dream to think yeah. of being able to watch live performances. Yeah. And, you know, I, who knows what's happening with Shakespeare's Globe, right? They are right. also going through their own struggles. I don't think any worldwide tours are even on their mm-hmm. minds at the that's moment. Right. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. struggling to keep afloat. So that's why it's really, really great that you know, uh, they are providing these shows on YouTube, um, on their YouTube channel for free. And it's going to, uh, for Hamlet, for example, you just need to go to the YouTube channel, Shakespeare's Globe YouTube channel, and it's available until this coming Sunday, which is the 19th of April. Uh, it's really going to be a roller coaster. So, you know, mm-hmm. Hamlet is just okay. everything in one. Uh, you might actually laugh at it sometimes because it's really quite ridiculous. Well, that's the best of Shakespeare, isn't it? <laughs> His comedies are done so well. Yes, mm. but this is so dramatic that it becomes funny. Mm. Or to me, at least. Right. I don't know. So, okay. But yeah, you know, if you um, do catch it, you know, let us know how you felt about it. Um, send us your tweets. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can send us a WhatsApp message at 018-789-8899. For now, we're going to leave you for this first segment. Here's Michelle Terry performing To Be or Not To Be from Shakespeare's Globes. Hamlet. To be or not to be? That is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them. To die, to sleep no more and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to, tis a consummation devoutly to be wished to die, to sleep. To sleep, a chance to dream. There's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come, 
When we have shuffled off, this mortal coil must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the oppressor's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of disprized love, the law's delay, the insolence of office and the spurns the patient merit of the unworthy takes when he himself might his quietus make with a bare bodkin? Who would these fathers bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life but that the dread of something after death? The undiscovered country from whose born no traveller returns hustles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Thus, conscience does make cowards of us all. And thus, the native hue of resolution is sickly to her with the pale cast of thought and enterprises of great pith and moment. In this regard, their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. Blasting fantastic music. BFM 89.9 the business station. Welcome back to Front Row under the MCO, where we present our special curated list of arts, culture and entertainment that you can experience right from your home as, of course, you obey the MCO. So earlier we were talking about Shakespeare's Globes, uh, The Hamlet, mm-hmm. but for our next recommendation, have a listen to this and see if you can figure out what it is. <laughs> So whether you have always loved listening to classical music or if you're still figuring out if you do like mm-hmm. it, we have something for you. So that short snippet was from Symphony Number no. 5 by Ludwig van, uh, van Beethoven, played by the Ber- Berlin Philharmonic with Herbert von Karajan as the conductor. Now the Berlin Philharmonic, like many other um, spaces, is closed until the 19th of April, at least due to measures to contain the coronavirus in Germany. But despite that, they have opened their virtual doors to people across the world world. In their words, the Philharmonie is closed, so we will come to you. How fantastic. <laughs> and what this means is that the orchestra will continue to play, but in the digital concert hall. And the Berlin Philharmonie is providing free, unlimited unlimited access to all archived recordings and live-streamed performances of the orchestra for 30 days. Yeah, and all you have to do is go to digitalconcerthall.com and use the code BERLINPHIL, so that's B-E-R-L-I-N-P-H-I-L, to get free access to the Digital Concert Hall for 30 days. If you haven't used the Digital Concert Hall before, you do have to register for an account, but no obligation nor cancellation is required from you at the end of the 30 days. And once you're in, you can listen to all the performances to your heart's content. Wow. And uh, so they've started this initiative as a way to maintain contact with their audience, at least virtually. And if you're wondering what's on the table or, well, on your screen in this case, (laughs) um, there are over 600 orchestral concerts from 
from the Berlin Philharmonic from more than 10 years. If you want to look behind the scenes, there are also documentaries on the history of the orchestra. They have uh, short interviews with soloists and conductors and a lot more stuff. Yeah, so just a bit of background on the Berlin Philharmonic. It was founded back in March 1882, uh, actually with an act of rebellion. So 50 members of the ensemble, led by popular music director Benjamin Bilser, refused to sign their new contract. So that's because they found the working conditions unfavorable to them and you know they were earning little more than day laborers so what these musicians did is they broke off and set up an orchestra of their own at that time calling themselves the former bilsas ensemble (laughs) (laughs) cheeky fellas aren't they and so the orchestra began establishing their international reputation as they took on conductors of the likes of Hans von Bülow, Richard Strauss, Gustav Mahler, Johannes Brahms and many, many more over the years, eventually becoming the Berlin Berlin Philharmonic. And almost 140 years later, the Berlin Philharmonic is often hailed as one of the top orchestras in the world. Who would have thought the former Bilsers Ensemble? <laughs> Those little rebels. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And uh, so earlier you heard a snippet, a snippet of Beethoven's Symphony No. 5 um, which was actually performed by the Philharmonic back in 1972. And really, if you listen back, those recordings are not only in high-quality audio. When you watch them, you see that they're in high-quality video as well. So you just really sit back and relax while watching these um, orchestra performance and uh, just the perfect way to relax during yeah. this um, trying times, right? Troubling and trying, yes. yes. Um, but that was a very short snippet. And we want to give you a better idea of the performances available on the Digital Concert Hall. So here's a piece from Rigoletto, an opera written by Giuseppe Verdi, performed by Tana Ramon Vargas and conducted by Claudio Abado. La donna è mobile, qual piuma al vento, utro d'oceto e di pensiero. Sempre una mobile, leggiatro viso, impianto in riso e menzognero. La donna è mobile, qual più malvento, muta da cento e di pensiero. E di pensiero. So 
that was a performance recorded um, back in 2000 and is also available on the Digital Concert Hall if you want to listen to the full performance. And that um, that piece really um, made me feel like I, I just want to put it on in the office right now right? just for background music. Yeah, just to get everyone in that mood again. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone is working during these, as there's, we said, trying times. There's something um, amazing about classical music. Um, and, and, and even opera, uh, you don't, uh, it, it just crosses language barriers. Um, it just reaches right into you, mm-hmm. doesn't it? And, yeah. and strikes a chord in you. Yeah, and you know, especially when it's accompanied by like a story, for example, like um, this one, I think was the, the Barber of Seville, right? Um, no, sorry, not this one, but I um, mean, you know, other ones that we've seen before, you know, mm-hmm. it comes with a story and it really sucks you in and it really, um, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, 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 accentuates the story so much mm, more you know mm. that accompaniment and you know you really get sucked into it and you don't even realize the music is happening there mm-hmm. but you know at the end of it you're like wow that was so exciting you know the music really helped you to enjoy the story that's all that true. much that's more. very true yeah yeah and i think another great thing about this is that you know when you're watching classical music being performed it's it's something very different from just passively listening you're to right. it you're right you're absolutely well. right yes you know seeing what um what instrument makes that sound mm-hmm. or you know who what is that uh, violinist doing who's that soloist you know it really adds to the kind of excitement which is why I really used to love uh, going to the MPO back in the day mm-hmm. and um, you know seeing them perform and you know the concentration you know all of them looking at the page when it's their turn to perform you know and <laughs> oh my god no you know you cannot miss a note and the conductor Absolutely, in front of course yes. yeah. and speaking of the conductor actually when I was younger um, I always wondered well what's the purpose of the conductor <laughs> you know he just uh, the, the musicians all have their notes and but when it's when you watch the performance, you realize how crucial his role is in bringing everything together, together. and um, accentuating certain parts. And really, uh, he's he's that that key, right? And they are all sort of uh, looking to him for the guidance. Yeah. Mm. And I dare say that everyone listening has probably pretended to be a conductor once in their life. Absolutely. Thank you for (laughs) (laughs) making me out myself. But yes, definitely. (laughs) Come on, who didn't dream of, you know, holding that baton and just, you know, getting everyone to listen to your every single, uh, you know, order as such, right? So here is the best opportunity to do it. You're at home, you know, the only people who are going to see you pretending to be a conductor are your own family members. (laughs) So stream away. (laughs) So, So yeah, coming back to the Berlin Philharmonic, while most of the performances are classical pieces by composers like Beethoven, Mozart, Strauss, Brahms and many more, there are a few select contemporary pieces if you're still unsure about watching orchestra performance. Uh, So back in 2015 at the Berlin Wahlbund, the Philharmonic performed scores from several well-known films and composers. This included the famous 20th Century Fox Fanfare by Alfred Newman as well as more familiar scores from John Williams from the films India Jones, E.T. and uh, even this favourite Star Wars. Yeah, and so if you'd like access to uh, you know the performances by the Berlin Philharmonic, all you have to do is go to again digitalconcert.com and use the uh, and use the code Berlin Phil to get free access to their archives and performances for thirty days. Uh, of course, again, you do have to register, and if you don't have an account with them, um, you do have to register. Sorry, if you don't have an account mm. with them, but yeah. there's no need to cancel your account after thirty days. And I really, I'm really looking forward to doing this because you know, I mean, sometimes. Uh, 
Philharmonic or going for these sorts of um, performances, they are pretty pricey, mm-hmm. right? And for people like us, you know, the little ones, mm-hmm. this is such a great way to, you know, introduce. introduce them to them. And, you know, there's a whole archive. We can choose perhaps more fun ones mm. that, uh, you know, might really appeal to them yeah. and that they can go for. Yeah. And then what this, um, these initiatives by, um, you know, the Berlin Philharmonic, for instance, and many others like them, it really democratizes um, the arts and music um, for a while the audience and you get the sense or rather you come to understand that the love of um, all these art forms doesn't have to be about the bottom line that's right and I think many people have struggled to um to emphasize how important how important the arts is in society, and I think these initiatives during this time when people are going through, as we've said earlier, already trying and troubling times, mm-hmm. um, it then finally finally drives home the message: here is where arts plays a role because yes. it uplifts you, yes. it brings us all together. Yes, you know? everyone is searching for something to keep them through these times, and mm. you know more often than not, it's an artistic mm. endeavor. But I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today. Continue to share your thoughts, tweet us at BFM Radio, or send us WhatsApp messages at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. If you miss any part of the show, you can download the podcast at bfm.my or on the BFM app or on Spotify. Coming up at one pm, it's midday music machine with Daryl Ong. Mm. More music there. But for now, we leave you with a short snippet of the Raiders' March from Indiana Jones by the Berlin Philharmonic and conducted by Sir Simon Rattle.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.